Well, what's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge in our final, final, it's hard to believe, mega NFL preview of 2021-2022. I am the coach. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it's not even close. By the way, shout out to the team from the first cut. They are back this week, full schedule, as the PGA Tour is back on tap in Hawaii. But we need to focus on the hardest week of the season, every season, to bet on. Remarkably, there are 13 games this week that involve some type of scenario that will affect the playoff scenario, if that, if I said that correctly. All right, you know I've got to bring in my heavy hitters. Have to bring in my heavy hitters, and you see the absolute beast. First and foremost, he is our NFL guru. He has an incredible incredible article of currently a sports sign with his power rankings for this week he is rj white rj good afternoon good afternoon excited because the bills have made the playoffs you know i, I know i look at you could see me dancing around and partying like <laughs> usual um but you know it's you never take anything for granted people expected big things from the bills this year um and i was just hoping they make the playoffs and then hopefully they they get hot on offense because it's been a little little up and down for them but uh but excited to have them in now let's go win the division i was excited for them to cover that 13 and a half on Sunday. So thank you very much. By the way, I've gone on record in saying that I will do something extreme if we ever get you to dance to the showdown music. I just need you to dance to the showdown music. We're not going to force it, but I will do something extreme if I ever get because I think that could be the funniest moment in the history of the early edge. I, I really do. I really Good luck do. with that. <laughs> He's like, it's never going to happen. All right, live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level M squared. Good afternoon. Oh, I muted for cheap. I almost pulled the J smooth, but uh, oh, good afternoon, everybody. I caught myself before I started talking. Um, yeah, ready for this. I love this show. It's very fun. It's always a challenge late in the season, especially this year with the 18th week of the season. But uh, let's do it. I've got a couple plays that I actually really like. I like it a lot. All right. And finally, you know, he's not going to miss week 18. The maestro, Mr. Larry Hartstein, our anchor. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Uh, good afternoon, guys. Great to be here. You know, it was kind of a rough week 17 for me. I jumped in early on a couple games that burned me. Uh, the Broncos losing all their receivers and their pass rusher. I jumped in too early on that. The Lions, I jumped in early thinking Goff was going to play. So this week, I'm going to be uh, just doing a lot of research, waiting. There's only one play I like so far, and I'm actually looking forward to learn a lot from these guys. But I'm just going to wait a little bit this week because there's so much info to get. That is no doubt about it. So because this is such a different week, we're going to go back. We're going to give our best bets right now because there's only a couple. And then we will get into every single game as we always do. RJ, do you have any official bets today? Yeah, I made um, three plays going in. I like Tampa Bay at minus eight. That number came down considerably with uh, Tampa being locked out of the number one seed. But there's still plenty to play for if you're Tampa. You want the two seed. You want to be at home in the mm -hmm. second round. Um, and ideally, if somebody upsets the one seed, then you're at home in the NFC Championship if you make it there. So there's no, you know, the, the Arians has come out. He said, we're not resting, guys. I, I believe him. I expect him to go all out and win this game. So it dropped from a 16.5 point look ahead line to eight. So I love getting the value. I think 16.5 was close to the right number. Um, so I laid it with Tampa Bay there. 
Um, I also like playing the Rams at minus four. I mean, Lance finally came around in the second half last week, but he didn't really look great. And the offense really needs Jimmy G in there for this game. But since he wasn't able to play last week, I don't think he's going to be 100% here. Um, and so as long as Stafford doesn't do stupid things, those stupid interceptions, I think the Rams can win that one <laughs> pretty easily. And then um, the last one, I believe, let me scroll through my games here. You have Atlanta. The Fal- I think you had the Falcons, didn't you? Yeah, Atlanta plus four and a half. I mean – they always play the Saints tough, and I know they have nothing to play for. They haven't had anything to play for for you know for it seems a lot of the year with how they performed. Um, New Orleans won last week. Not a great day for the offense. Um, Atlanta beat a hot New Orleans team earlier this in the year, and I don't expect New Orleans to be playing as well right now. New Orleans obviously playing for the postseason, but Atlanta wants to play spoiler uh, uh, against their rival, and their coaching staff is safe. So I think this line probably should be three. Getting it up at four and a half, I think, is pretty good value. All right. Very, very good. All right. Uh, I know, Maestro, that this week the games are kind of spread out. I'll go through the whole schedule in a second. But you targeted – oh, man, it just feels right when I hear Chief during an NFL show. All right. So you targeted a team that it's very, very simple for them. If they win, they're in. Who is it? Well, that's the Chargers. But at first, I want to just give a caution on uh, RJ's pick. Are you not concerned about Kyle Pitts? Because I I just think he's so important to their offense. And I have not seen an update on his hamstring yet. I mean, you you obviously want Kyle Pitts in the game. I'm not going to say it don't happen. But they've had to deal with adversity with their passing game and losing guys. And and I think they'll be able to dial something up there. I think they can run the ball. Um, And, and yeah, I don't think he's worth – I said it should be three. I don't think he's worth a point and a half. Let's just put it that way. Um, So I think there's still a value even if he misses the game. Fair enough. And I'm about to go head-to-head with RJ because, like Coach said, I'm on the Chargers – and I just think less than a field goal is is crazy. This team has been putting up about 35 points a week. The last five weeks, they had that great game against the Chiefs where they should have covered. And then they had the COVID game against Houston. You could throw that game out. They were ravaged by COVID. Now they're back against a Raiders team that, like I said this morning, faced Nick Mullins, Drew Locke, and Carson Wentz coming back from COVID. So let's not get all carried away. Even though Darren Waller is back uh, or could be back for the Raiders. I just think the Chargers are clearly the better team. Uh, so potent offensively. Down the second half of the season, they have been basically the most efficient offense in the league. So at mm-hmm. less than a field goal, I love it. So how are you opposite RG? Did he pick the Raiders somewhere that I don't know about? I believe he did take Raiders plus three. Oh, yeah, okay. I was on I was on Raiders at plus three. I moved down to two and a half earlier today. I didn't want to put it in for the okay. show. I think it is back up to three. So I would I would take it with the three. We'll talk about it, you know, as we get more in deal to, in detail with that game. But okay. but uh, you know, I'm I'm surprised you want to trust the Chargers in a must-win spot on national TV. It just seems <laughs> like that's playing with fire. It, it, I think it is playing with fire, especially the way the Raiders have won the last three games. I mean, they are every time you count them out, they figure out a way. It's not pretty, but all they gotta do is win the football game. All right. Now, this week is a very, very uh, – oh, Mikey does have an official play now. All right, Mikey, what are you going with? Yeah, I got something that RJ's probably not going to like me teasing in this week of the season, but I think that this is a pretty good spot on both of these. Uh, he's on the Bucks already, minus eight. I like the Bucks in the teaser leg down to minus two here. There is still a lot to play for for them, like you said. They want mm-hmm. the two seed. They want the home game in the second round here. Makes a lot of sense, uh, and they're just the better team all around. So I do think that they get this win by two. And then the interesting one here is the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I don't want to say that I want a showdown with them, but I did win a showdown with them last week. And here we are this week. Now we can get them down to minus one. It is a game they really want to win. They can obviously are not playing for the top seed in the division anymore like we thought they could. However, they can still win their little division here. 
And the beauty of this one is they play at the same time as the Rams and 49ers game. So going into it, they're going to play competitive to at least start the game. Now, if the Rams are blowing out the 49ers in the second half, they could potentially take the foot off the pedal. They may not go out there and cover the full seven that they're sitting on here against the Seahawks, but I do like them to get this win here and end the season, the regular season with a win. And I like the spot at getting them here at minus one. So I'm putting the Bucks and the Cardinals together in a teaser. This will be minus 120 at pretty much every sports book right now. All right, fantastic. Love all those plays. Don't worry. We will put up the uh, recap screen at the end of the show as well. But this is always the the time of year and the week where the NFL, I think, does a really good job of moving the games around so that nobody has an advantage. So here's what the schedule looks like this week. Two games on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern, you got the Chiefs and the Broncos in Denver. 8.15, you got the Cowboys and the Eagles in Philadelphia. Both of those games mean a ton. Then seven games at 1 o'clock on Sunday, six games at 425, no 405s this week. And then the all-or-nothing game, sort of, with the Chargers and the Raiders Sunday night at 820 Eastern time. That's going to be a fun two days. So let's jump right in. And, Mikey, you and me are always on the Chiefs, so I'm going to let you start the discussion. They're laying 10 because the Broncos are done. The Chiefs, well, they still have a lot to play for. They can still get the number one seed if – Tennessee loses, and potentially they could be the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, or the four seed. Talk to me. Yeah, the idea of potentially falling to the fourth seed is an absolute disaster for this team. Uh, I think they will be sharp. I think we'll come in. We also, if you're looking to bet on them, you do have the added benefit of them playing on Saturday. They don't have any additional information yet, so they do have to come in and try to win this game. Uh, you know, I. I hate to give the advice of teasing a game at 10 uh, to four because it's just not a profitable long-term strategy at all. Uh, and I want to be very, very, very clear about that. It is not something you would ever recommend doing, really. However, this is a spot where I think that if you are interested in something like that, you like to take a little higher risk approach. It's something that I do like to do. I think they win this game by a touchdown. I just do not want anyone to get into a habit of you do it here, it wins because it likely should win. That does not mean that it's a recipe for success in other weeks or in any other scenario, really. But in this particular scenario, because they're playing on Saturday, there's nothing that could really happen in game for them to not really have the motivation to win this one. So I do like it in this spot. Uh, if you want to tease it down to minus four, I think it's fine. I, I think the number is mostly appropriate at 10 at this point in the season. For the Broncos, obviously, they don't have much to play for here. Um, it could be a very easy blowout winner for Kansas City. One of those games where they win 24 to 3 would not shock me at all the way their defense is played. Do we worry at all, RJ? And then, of course, I'll come to you, Maestro, too, uh, that this could be a game where they get to, you know, up, up that 10 and get into the third or fourth quarter and say, you know what, we just want to get out of here with a win. I think that situation is in play. I think they could be up by a little bit more than that, over two scores and, uh, you know, 16, something like that. And um, and then be worried, say, we're not going to get the bye, it looks like. So let's let's give our guys a little bit of a break here for in the second half. Um, mm -hmm. Open the back door a little bit for Denver. Um, I, I think that scenario is in place. You, you talk about motivation factor in here. This is really the motivation. Is, is Denver going to quit? They're out of the playoffs. But with this being a standalone national game against their rival at home with Big Fangio, a coach, I don't think this team quits. I think they're going to play hard, especially on the defensive side. And 
that defense has largely been great since the bye, including at Kansas City in Week 13. So I don't know that the Chiefs are going to score a ton in this game. Um, wish the Denver offense was getting Teddy back so I could take him here, uh, but they will be getting several key guys back from COVID list. They had a bunch of guys go out uh, midweek in that game last week. Ultimately, I think the line's a little bit too high. I'd probably make it around eight. Um, so I'm willing to back Denver at plus 10 because I don't think there's a motivation issue for them in this game, um, but I, I think it might rise a little bit. So I'm going to wait and try to get 10 and a half. All right. Maestro Vic Fangio said today uh, that he believes his team's very, very close to being the team that he wants. Well, maybe defensively. I mean, they held the Chiefs to 267 yards in that first meeting, and they probably were the right side, but they didn't get the cover. Bridgewater played that game. He got picked off twice. Drew Locke is looking like he's going to be the starter. They can't even run the ball now, which was supposed to be the strength of the team. And if they cannot run the ball against the Chargers, uh, you know, that's that's pretty alarming. I just think the Chiefs coming off a loss, you know, at 10 or less, I'm going to lean KC. All right, very good. That's the first game. That's 4.30 Eastern on Saturday. Now, the second game is 8.15 Eastern on Saturday night, and it's the Cowboys laying seven at Philadelphia, the total 42.5. There is nothing better than a night game in Philadelphia in January. It's just the best. It's just the best. So here's what the playoff scenarios looks like, look, looks like guys. Cowboys, they've already clinched the NFC East. Potential seed for them, two, three, or four. The Eagles have simply clinched a playoff spot. Who do you like here, RJ? The Eagles really have nothing to play for because they're not going to win the division, but they have clinched the playoff spot. So sounds like they're thinking about resting guys. I ultimately think they're going to go that route. And so does the market. It was three. Um, now it sounds like McCarthy isn't looking to rest guys. He thinks for some reason he has to win this game. Maybe he thinks he's going to get to the two seed, but I think that that'll be tough with, considering Tampa kind of stands in the way there um, and they have an easy matchup. So um, I like, you know, Dallas is probably the right side or you could see why it moved. I think seven might be a little much. Philly added 12 guys to the COVID list on Monday. Could be rest and starters um i don't know even if dallas does play their starters that those guys go a full 60 minutes so it's tough for, for me to do anything with the spread in this game might look to play under expect vanilla offenses don't put too much on tape you might have to see these these guys in the playoffs you don't really know how the playoffs matchups are going to work so um, i don't think you're going to see much from this game and it's going to be a lower scoring game so if i play anything it's probably going to be the under but maestro isn't it a situation the way the dallas offenses look the last you take washington out of it they looked awful. Dak can't connect with Amari Cooper or anybody. Don't you think they would want to get that back in sync on Saturday leading into the playoffs? Yeah, I do. But And I think the, the bigger thing is the Eagles pr pretty much tanking this game. Uh, I believe people have been speculating that they got all this testing done to get these guys out of the testing protocol for the next 90 days. And they had six key players on offense and six key players on defense. Pretty uh, symmetrical there. <laughs> um so for me, it's Cowboys or nothing. What about you, Mikey? Yeah, Chief is all over this one. Um, <laughs> so this is another one that I know RJ is definitely going to wag, wag his finger, but I would consider. Chief, I would <laughs> hey, consider so we can hear you fine. It. Go ahead. Go ahead. The problem is, is they're on the road. I would only want to typically do it at home. Chief. <laughs> I personally love this. I love Chief. You know me. He can be on any show. He may bother you, does not bother me at all. 
Yeah, so but in this spot, look, I, I do think it's Cowboys or nothing. The issue is, is you've basically missed the window on the number uh, with it moving. Um, I, I think that the Eagles are definitely punting this game away. Dallas is in that weird spot, much like Kansas City, um, where they, they don't have the added benefit of knowing any of the other results. They can potentially have the two seeds should Tampa lose. I know Tampa's banged up. They didn't play well against the Jets. Potentially that is adding to their interest in going out and trying to win this football game. But because it's on Saturday, just like the Chiefs, they have to just go take care of business uh, if they want to have those hopes of locking up that seed. So I tend to think that that's what they do. Uh, if, again, if you're more risk tolerant on a slate like this, you can tease it, get it down to one. Don't typically recommend teasing sevens to ones with road teams, typically looking to do that with home teams. Uh, but this is a relatively unique spot. Um that I would feel pretty comfortable teasing the Cowboys down to minus one, just based on the reports and everything we've seen out of the Eagles side. Uh, I really don't think they have much motivation to win this game. RJ, could you, could you wag your finger at Mikey real quick, just for me? Can you, ah, I love it. I love the RJ wag a finger. All right, let's move to Sunday. Now I am so excited for this week. If you guys couldn't tell. So here we go. Bengals. They look phenomenal last week. And you know, Maestro, I'm coming to you on this one. They're laying two and a half at Cleveland. The Browns have already announced today that Baker May Mayfield will have surgery. He is out on Sunday, so he will not play. The Bengals' playoff scenario looks like this. They've already clinched the North Division title. They can clinch the number one seed and a first-round bye and the home field if they win. Tennessee loses. Kansas City loses. New England loses or ties. So really, they don't need anything to happen. But they're playing great, Maestro. Well... I believe that this game at less than three, I'm looking at the Bengals here. Even if it's Brandon Allen, uh, he played a bit last year, played in five games, has done decently, kind of average. Baker Mayfield, the last half of the season, has been the worst quarterback in football, and that's saying a lot. If you go to PFF right now and read a piece by Deontay Lee, who's one of my favorite writers out there, he has video of Baker's interceptions this season on wide-open touchdown plays that he threw to the completely wrong area. He has been so bad. He should have been benched. And this Browns team, I believe, would have made the playoffs with Case Keenum, uh, but they didn't do that. I think the bigger issue is not Mayfield. I think they're going to sit everyone. They're going to take this. They they want a better draft pick. Um, I think they have no interest in winning this game. I think you're going to see anyone of, of note uh, sitting out uh, for the Browns. Um, so even though it's probably Brandon Allen because Burrow had that uh, ankle issue at the end, um, I would still play the Bengals at less than three. You know, uh, Mikey, when you look at uh, the Bengals and how they play, by the way, Baker and, and Big Ben last night, we cashed interception props on both guys because Baker's been so bad. But when you look at Joe Burrow, and because of what Meister just said and the injury issues in the past, he's been dynamic, and they have to have him. Do you see a scenario where Joe Burrow plays it all? I, I do just because of his, his age there. I, I think that what happens here in this one is he might play the first series and, and then just to keep them in the rhythm of going through the game and, and having to prepare for the game. I think that that's the most likely scenario here is that Burrow, Chase, some of those guys, they play that first series of the game and then exit, maybe even a conservative game call on that first series. But I do think that they keep them fresh with that. Uh, the only little thing we have to mention is just he, he tweaked his knee at the end of the game. Obviously seemed fine celebrating. It's a lot easier to feel good about a non-serious injury when you win a game like that. So mm -hmm. you would expect him to be celebrating either way. But he did tweak his knee on one of the final plays there. He actually didn't take the final snap 
to set up the field goal because he tweaked his knee. Um, so just something to monitor on him. I do expect a very cautious approach. But having said that, we see teams like to keep some of those guys like that, especially as they've been winning, like to keep them in the motion of going through everything to prepare for games. So I could see them doing that, playing one series, hitting the bench, and uh, staying healthy. RJ, when we look at the total, 42, and what the guys just said, you've got Case Keenum, very capable, and then you've got the dynamic uh, wideouts if they play the entire game. They're young. They're healthy. They, I think they want to keep them in, in motion. Would you attack the total at all here? I think it's pretty low for, for two teams that have pretty good offenses, especially with Case being better than Baker. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. Not with this Cleveland offense, with what we've seen. I know taking Baker out of the equation helps, but you know, I, I still don't trust this offense and how they've played. I mean, hurt Baker at being out is actually a positive. So there, I think there actually may be value on the Cleveland side if we see a move to it and, and we get a little positive information on Burrow and people start betting this up, you know, to four or more. Um, the look ahead number really made most no no sense since uh, Cleveland was favored by one and a half, um, and so uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand why you would have done that. I take issue with what Larry said about Baker maybe field being the worst quarterback in the league apparently hasn't watched any giants games over the, over the little stretch run <laughs> because uh giants giants quarterback is so bad that they stop throwing the ball after two bad two bad situations they're like okay we're not running the, we're not throwing the ball anymore we're just gonna play like it's 1955 um so <laughs> cleveland did dominate since in the first meeting when the when the their offense was struggling though so and i do think the defense in cleveland could have a good day um and since he might be playing the COVID game there like larry was talking about in the other game five players went on the list tuesday so if they're not really that worried about this game, you know, you might see see more guys kind of get cleared and, and try to get out of that COVID protocol out of the way at this point. So um, I'm staying away for now. But with Keenum in, I think I like Cleveland if it goes up a little bit. True story. I was refreshing my phone because I thought it was a mistake when I was reading Mike Glennon four for 11 for 24 yards. I was like, how is that possible? And your leading receiver, 12 yards? That's just embarrassing. Joe Judge, stop. Just stop. All right, next game. This one really means nothing, Mikey. Really means nothing other than Aaron Rodgers on the Manning cast last night or one of these interviews said that he wants to play on Sunday against Detroit. They're laying two, total 42 and a half. Now, Detroit, they have not been good as far as wins and losses are concerned, but they play hard. They've been scoring a lot of points lately, and they cover. And they cover. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, they definitely cover. Uh, you know, we need to watch the reports on what's going on with Rodgers and how much he plays. I actually project it as a very similar situation to Cincinnati. Wouldn't shock me at all if this game's in a dome. Uh, if they go out there and play one series and, and then mail it in. Uh, I do think there's some value for some of these teams still playing one series and just having to take the week seriously going through it. Uh, we'll see what they decide. I wouldn't play him just because of the injury that he's had. Uh, I think it's he, he's not someone who needs reps at this point in his career, really, at all, uh, especially with the weapons that he has. I personally don't think he needs additional reps with them. So I wouldn't play him, but if he wants to play, he's trying to have that MVP caliber season. It's not going to shock me if he goes out there and plays one series, throws that touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, and then takes a seat. I think that that's very much in play in this game. So for me, it's a stay away as of now. But if you forced me to make a play on the game at two or even higher, I would start to consider Lions in a teaser leg, getting them up to eight or greater on their home field. Um, be one of those. It's probably not going to feel good, especially if they're down 14, nothing. But definitely think that with the teaser leg up to eight or greater, uh, they're they're going to be live for that backdoor cover there, and frankly, probably a money line sprinkle on the Lions. 
Oh, I like all of that stuff. RJ Maestro, anything on this game from either one of you? I think, yeah, if you think Rodgers is going to play more than a series, the way to play is probably taking Green Bay in the first half and Detroit in the second half because I don't think they play the full 60 either. Um, Goff hopes to play in the season finale, so we'll, we'll monitor that. And if he does play, you expect Detroit to play hard anyway for Campbell, and you, you like them. So, um, yeah, I can see the 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 you know, the why you would want to go with Detroit there over the full game. But, um, you know, if we think that Rodgers is going to play a little bit more than a series, then I kind of like Green Bay in the first half. And I would, last week, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. You go. No, I was going to say, the, the Lions last week, even with the backup quarterback, scored a lot of points. Scored a lot yeah. of points. And they gave up 51 to uh, the Seahawks. But <laughs> yeah. the thing about the Lions, if you look at them, they have not gotten destroyed two weeks in a row all season. Like you said, they're 10-6 and six against the spread. Obviously, this game means a lot more to them and to Dan Campbell uh, to get a win. And, and Matt LaFleur said he anticipates, he's planning on them playing, but he hasn't said how much. It could be a series. Uh, could be not at all by the time the week come rolls to the end so uh, stay away from me right now but yeah I, I like the idea of lions at a at a higher number yeah don't sleep on lafleur they showed a very very interesting graphic in last week's game that he has the most wins through the first three seasons of an nfl coaching career of anybody ever ever so don't think that record doesn't matter to him just a little bit he's not gonna, just going to give a game away he wants to try to win it for his own record which is very very impressive all right, let's move on to the next one. I was very impressed, RJ, with the Bears last week. They took it serious. They welcomed the Giants and just pounded them into the ground. And, of course, the Giants made it very, very easy for them. They're going to Minnesota. Minnesota's laying two and a half. The total is 44 and a half. There is no playoff scenario for either one of these two teams. Yeah, if Cousins is back, you would think Minnesota should handle a bad Chicago team. If not, Chicago has a chance of winning because Sean Mannion looked terrible. Um, so this could be resume updating going on for both coaching staffs this week. I don't know where the focus is going to be on either side. This I think it's a very difficult game to to handicap either way. So it's a stay away game for me unless you're brave enough to put the Bears in a teaser and get them up over <laughs> over seven. But um, I, I'm just not going to be that way with teasers this week. Maestro? Tough one because yeah, it looks this could be the end of the Zimmer era. Uh, third losing season in the last four years uh, on paper. The talent, yes, they should cover such a small number if Cousins is back, but uh, I'd stay away right now. Mikey. Yeah, I'd like to see what it's going to take to be the end of the Zimmer era in uh, Minnesota because that guy, uh, he, he survives everything so far, it seems. Um, as far as the game, though, I there, it's not a teaser candidate for me. I, I agree with RJ generally that you have to be very careful teasing this week. I only want to tease teams that still have something to play for, maybe not necessarily going out and playing foot to the pedal all the time. Um, so here it's a pretty clear stay away for me. I'm very interested to see if David Montgomery continues to get the workload despite the season being over for the Bears. So we'll watch mm -hmm. that throughout the week. Uh, wouldn't shock me to have some player prop interest there. Wouldn't shock me to see our colleague, Mr. Alex Prop Stars, uh, be on any of those props in this game. Uh, I think that there could be some interesting opportunities there with guys like Madison and David Montgomery. Yeah, Prop Stars texted me about an hour ago. And the, for those people who love him and – the amount of people is growing and growing and growing and growing. He very much wants to do a Twitter spaces again on Sunday because the props could be very, very difficult again this week to yeah. predict because we don't know who's going to play. So uh, stay tuned. We may do a Twitter spaces and I know Mike, you love it too. So we may have you on too. If we decide to do it on Sunday in between our live morning show and noon show, stay tuned for that. All right, next game and Washington 
is laying six and a half at the Giants. 16 and a half might not be enough. The total is sitting at 38. And Maestro, when you look at Washington, with Taylor Heineke, they're serviceable. They're serviceable, but they can't play 60 minutes. But laying six and a half to any team, unless it's the Giants, seems too much. This does not. I, I pretty much have nothing on this game except for Ron Rivera coming out and saying he wants to take a look at young guys this week. Uh, that would make me hesitant to pull the trigger on Washington. Mikey, anything on this game? Yeah, I've got nothing on the game. Uh, you know, those young guys getting opportunities is great. Um, I, they, they should go out and win this game, but I, there's nothing I can really get to. Um, so one of those yeah. I just crossed off early in the week. <laughs> me too. RJ, you too? Is, a, is it a pass for you? Well, yeah, it's a lot of points to lay with a bad Washington team on the road, but you just can't play the Giants at any number. So if you're going to play this, you got to look to Washington. Um, if Giants passing game is ever going to have success, this seems to be the matchup for it, though, with how bad that Washington pass defense has been. But with Washington looking like an actual NFL team last week, and now we know what day they're going to finally get an actual NFL team name, uh, Groundhog Day, uh, they, they announced today, um, then I think I'd have to lean that way with the actual NFL team versus the Giants, which I'm not sure could beat a college team at this point. Has anybody heard what that's going to be? Is it has it leaked out at all? You might know what what the name they're, is going to be. They're trying to seed some red herring. So there's like if you go to WashingtonAdmirals.com, it redirects to the Washington Football Team website, um, oh. and so people are trying to connect that dot. But they've said before, you know, they're gonna they're they're gonna try to keep people guessing. So I wouldn't assume anything out of that. All right. Very good. Very good. This next game, it's fascinating. And Mikey, I'm coming to you first, but I want all three of you because this could be a scenario. And this team has been up and down all year. We haven't been able to figure them out. They've been in the top 10 of the power rankings for most of the year. Most people are like, why? The Colts. And they're going on the road to a place where historically they do not win. And I'm talking about Jacksonville. We know the Jags gave up over 50 to the Patriots. They're horrible. They're terrible. But if this happens, it could open up a scenario that maybe has never happened before in the NFL. But they've got to win first, and they're laying 15 and a half. Mikey, start the conversation. Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing to say here is the numbers inflated. Like, in simulations, projection models, all going to tell you this should be 14, 13 and a half, et cetera. But uh, having said that, there's no way I'm playing the Jaguars. I'm not playing anything in the game personally. Um, the Colts are going to win the game as they should. If if you're brave, play it. Um, if you're brave, tease it. Get it over 21. Not going to do it myself. Uh, just no real interest here. I, I think that they get it done. Uh, if you want to bet on Jonathan Taylor, I think that's fine. But for me, I'll watch part of the game maybe, but I, I can't bet on it at this point. The number's just out of control. And even though it's out of control, I'm not, I'm not taking the other side with this Jags team at this point in the season. Yeah, we thought Jonathan Taylor's number was out of control last week, and he hit it right on the number. It was a push, whether you bet the over or you bet the under. That rarely happens at 108 rushing yards as a prop, but that's exactly what he hit last week. Now, RJ, when you talk about the Colts, they clinch a playoff berth with a just a win or a tie, a Chargers loss plus a Ravens-Steelers tie, a Chargers loss, Steelers loss, and a Dolphins win. So basically for them, they got to win, and they're in. Is there any way they lose in Jacksonville? 
I mean, it's Jacksonville, so of course there's a chance. They they <laughs> lost, they were the only team to lose to Jacksonville last year, and then Jacksonville lost 15 straight, and that was that's uh, you know that was probably not as bad a team as this one this year, but you know who knows with with the Jaguars. Yeah. A look ahead was Indy minus nine and a half. It jumped six points now that Indy needs the game to make the playoffs. People expected they would win last week and be good. Um, Indy didn't exactly roll Jacksonville in the last game this year. Weirdly struggled in the matchup over the last few years, like you said. The Indy D can struggle against the pass, and Lawrence really needs to get. Get something positive heading into the offseason. So you would hope that they come out and have a decent passing game here and at least show people that there's something there because it's been a year where people, he just looks like a bust at this point. Um, I think the line's probably three points too high. And if you can stomach playing Jacksonville, that's probably where the value is. But, but I'm like Mikey, I don't, I'm not rushing to play Jacksonville ever. Yeah. Is this maestro a perfect spot for what we try to educate people at home all the time that just because there's a game that's being played and I made this mistake when I was in my 20s because I wanted to bet on every single game and I thought well, I was too smart. I was like, no, I figured this week there's usually only a few games that you can feel comfortable betting on. This is not one of those. Yeah, the value is clearly on Jacksonville, despite you know how horrific they are. They actually out basically outplayed the Colts in the first meeting in Indy, uh, but I think we're going to see a much better Colts offense than we saw. They had eight players in and out of the lineup uh, after that Cardinals win. You know, Wentz had just come back. We've seen it time and time again. These guys come right off the COVID list without the practice time, and they're rusty, and I think he started one and nine. Uh, that cost them. They'll be better, uh, but yeah, I'm not going to lay over two touchdowns with the Colts. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, by the way, all of you that are watching live right now, go ahead and pound that like button for me. It helps the show. It helps our algorithm, and it helps us grow. So please do that for me. I would certainly appreciate it. RJ, let's move on to the next game. And this one is also very, very fascinating. The Steelers technically are not out of the playoff race yet, uh, but they need a lot of things to happen, as do the Ravens. So the Ravens are laying five, the total 42 Players are still up in the air. Health is still up in the air. What do you make of this game at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday? Yeah, it's likely a come down spot for Pittsburgh after what we think is Ben's last home game. Uh, he really acted like it was on, on in prime time. Um, Baltimore's defense showed up last week. You know, they they had been a suspect going into that game and actually played a pretty good game. Baltimore's lost five straight, but three of those were road divisional games in a tough division, one of the tougher divisions in the league we've seen. And then they were home against Green Bay and the Rams. I mean, that's a really tough schedule. I liked Baltimore at minus three and a half earlier in the week. Now that it's up to five, five and a half in some spots, I think it's harder to lay it. I'd still lean there because I just think this is not a great spot for Pittsburgh and their offense. I think Ben's kind of had his finale last week, and and this is kind of just the epilogue here, and we're just kind of going to write this one off. So I would play Baltimore if you're going to play this game. Now, a prop that I definitely think we're going to look at this week, Maestro, is Big Ben's attempts. We cashed it easy last night. It was 35, and he threw it 60 times. If they let him do what he wants to do again, you best believe he's going to throw it as much as humanly possible. Yeah, and the Ravens have a very good rush defense. I believe they entered last week number one in rush defense, so the way to attack them is by throwing. But I'm with RJ. I mean, the Steelers' offense, in terms of efficiency, is horrific. And I think this is a spot for the Ravens, especially if Lamar doesn't come back. If They're saying that he's got a chance to play, but Huntley played well. They've played well with him. Four of these losses in their five-game skid by one or two points. The only bad loss was the Cincinnati 41-21 to beatdown. Otherwise, this team could very well be in the playoffs. They're still playing hard. I, I think it's Ravens or nothing. Is it a spot, Mikey? And I, I think the answer is no here. But if you tease the Steelers, you would get one. 
But I watched them last night, and we had Big Ben over one and a half touchdowns, and I thought for three quarters we were going to cash. And then he never could get it going. Four field goals late to score the 26. Do we do anything with the Steelers here? No, I mean, if you tease them, they're the dog here, so they'd be up to um, – so they're five. They'd be an 11 point in the teaser. I, It's probably okay, but at that point I'd wait it out if you have interest in doing that. I think that this line is likely only to go the other way, um, especially with Lamar trending to potentially playing. Um, I think that this line could close closer to seven, but – you know, if you want to look at Big Ben passing attempts as a prop again, I think it'll be interesting to see where the number gets set. Um, I think the most likely scenario here is that he plays till the final snap again and what is likely his last NFL game unless the Colts lose, uh, which not going to happen. But um, so it's likely going to be his last NFL game. I think that they let him play. But as of right now, I can't get to anywhere. I have to lean toward towards the Ravens side uh, if possible. But. I, I just don't trust the Pittsburgh offense at all. They, I mean, it's they're forcing things to try and get Ben, but the, the blueprint is out. They they can't throw down the field at all. It's Deontay Johnson short routes over the middle. It's hope that Najee Harris can provide a little bit on the ground to open things up, but I, I can't trust it. So it's a stay away from me. But if you feel like that the Ben's going to keep it close, um, you know, one of those scenarios where. Say, the, you know, they're watching scoreboards, right? Say the Colts are up by 25 points late in that game against Jacksonville. Uh, there's no reason really for either one of these teams to keep playing, I believe. Uh, I believe that both of them would need uh, an Indianapolis loss. Yes, both. Well, the, the, both ab- absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, both of them need an Indianapolis loss. So with guys like Lamar, who might be rushing back to get into this game, they're certainly going to have eyes on the other scoreboards. If it's, you know, 20 plus point game, in that game, I don't see the scenario where they finish strong in that one, uh, knowing that they've been eliminated, knowing that they're a franchise player at risk. Uh, I don't think that they do that. So if you want to play on the Steelers, um, I, I suppose you could tease it. But for me, I, I'm going to tease teams that uh, really, truly do have to win and have are in the playoffs, have to win, have legitimate needs to win for certain seedings, more so than desperation long shots like these two teams. All right. That's it. And that's it. Desperation long shots. Betting on bad teams and wanting them to play well is not a good recipe for sports betting, especially in the NFL. Now, I will say this, guys, that I was doing my research today and I found a video from a very reliable former teammate of Big Ben. And it was a cameo video to a fan. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Antonio Brown, he's got all the time in the world. So he did a cameo video, and he said to some fan, hey, don't count Big Ben out to not play for somebody else next year. All Big Ben said was he won't play in Pittsburgh. Now, do I believe Antonio Brown? No. Do I think he's talking about No, I do not. I just thought it was very funny that he would do a cameo video the day after he walked out on potentially a million dollars in incentives. But at least he got that 100 bucks for his cameo video. Good job, Antonio. Good job, AB. All right, final 1 o'clock game. Final 1 o'clock game. The Titans. And I'm sure when they got done playing last week, Maestro, and they looked at what happened to the Chiefs, they were shocked. Then they said, we now have an opportunity somehow without Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown is back. We're now in position for the number one seed. So here is what it looks like for the Titans. They, they've already clinched playoff berth. They're currently the number one seed. They will get the home field, the bye, all of that. If they win or if they tie and the Chiefs lose or tie 
or if the Chiefs lose, the Bengals lose or tie, and the Patriots lose or tie, or the Chiefs lose, Bengals lose or tie, and the Bills win. So basically, they need to win, and they're the number one seed. But Maestro, they're laying 10.5 against the Texans team that before they screwed us all in San Francisco, Davis Mills had them playing pretty good football. That is true, but the fact that the Titans already lost to the Texans, I think is is really helpful here uh, for full motivation, for focus, for the number one seed. I mean, it's all right there for them. So for me, it's, it's Titans or nothing. Mikey? Yeah, I would tend to lean the same way. Um, I, I think it's pretty clearly Titans or nothing. I think the only real scenario where I could, well, not even really, because then it changes the motivations of other teams. I was going to say, if you watch the Chiefs go out and lose to Denver somehow, it could change their motivations a little bit. But at the same time, then that would change motivation for Cincinnati a little bit as well. Uh, so I, I think it's clear. I think they're going to go out and try and win. It is a big number to cover. Uh, one of those scenarios where they may not push it the full four quarters if they're comfortably in control through three and, and scoreboards look good around the league as well. Um, I, I do think it's one they'll be monitoring and watching. So uh, another one where I'll stay away, but if you force me to play it, I would lean towards the Titans here as I, I do anticipate them to take care of business and take that top seed. RJ, you feel the same way? Yeah, it's a huge number to lay on the road, and Houston has played better than anticipated down the stretch, but Tennessee lost that Houston game due to five turnovers. They didn't lose it because, you know, they they played horrible on both sides of the ball. I think Tennessee defense should shut down Houston's offense here. Houston's defense has been dominated by run game in three of their last five. Tennessee can replicate that. They've had a pretty good run game even without Derrick Henry, so I think that we can still see that from them. I think you have to lean toward Tennessee here. Line should probably be a point higher. I'm not rushing to play it because it's not like there's huge value laying 10.5 on the road, but I think that's the way you look. Okay, very, very good. All right, those are all the 1 o'clock Eastern games on Sunday. There are six at four o'clock, but we've gotten so big here at the early edge that the marketing team calls us as coach. I need you to start running commercials, start paying the bills. The salaries of all your guys are so high. I said, okay, okay. And do I love Paramount plus here you go. Bingo. Welcome to the crew. We're going to have some fun. How about Star Trek stealing my line? Welcome to the crew. Welcome to the crew. By the way, Syria, you can see all the games on Paramount Plus. We always have picks from them, and we love Syria soccer. So, of course, stay tuned because they're getting ready to start back up in January. The next seven months of soccer, going to be bananas, absolute bananas. And you want to follow our guys, Martin Green, and also Johnny Buckets, brand new to the team as well. All right, let's continue on, gentlemen. And uh, M Square, I'm coming to you. 425 Eastern, six games. Saints. Falcons, Saints are laying four and a half. They look much, much better with Taysom Hill at quarterback last week. The Falcons have been out of the playoffs for a couple of weeks now. Um, They lose by 14 in Buffalo. Total is 40. Talk to me. Yeah, initially I thought I was just, before I run any simulations, I just look at the numbers and I think, okay, I'm probably going to end up with a play on the Saints. I actually did not. Uh, I only make them minus 4.7 in this game. Um, Some of that will depend on Kyle Pitts a little bit. He doesn't make a matter a massive difference on his own, like from a simulation standpoint, but I think it obviously helps to have him on the field. 
uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. So I want to watch his status in this one. But as of right now, I, I couldn't get there. I thought I was going to, um, but I can't. I the, the Saints defense is good, but the offense has not been good enough uh, mm-hmm. for me in this spot. So I make it minus 4.7. If for some reason we see a lot of buying on the Falcons, which I, I don't think that we will, and it gets down to four, uh, I would be comfortable leaning into it at four at that number, despite not having a massive edge. Uh, but as of right now, I can't get to it at minus four and a half, which is interesting because I was fully expecting the numbers to run back at minus six uh, before I actually ran them. Interesting. And last week, RJ, uh, the Saints, it, it was it was kind of a miracle cover. I mean, it was that 10-9 at halftime, and they kick a field goal 12-10. Panthers kicked themselves in the butt in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, and then they have that late touchdown drive to cover uh, for all of us and win by eight. Do we think they're going to need that this week? Yeah, it was a fortunate recovery. You know, they won last week. It was not a great day for the offense overall against a Carolina defense that has struggled heavily in the second half. So that, that really was like, I think Carolina's kind of quit. Um, so that was really disheartening to see if you were a Saints backer, even though they did get you the cover. Um, Atlanta's past defense played really well against the Bills last week. Um, Josh Allen had one of his worst day, days of the year, and that's saying a lot because that awful game against the Jaguars, you remember, um, it, it was just as bad this week. Um, passing the ball, running the ball, they look great. Um, Atlanta couldn't stop them. Atlanta beat a hot New Orleans team earlier in the year. Um, I don't expect New Orleans to run away with this one. I know they're playing for the postseason, and Atlanta isn't playing for anything, but they want to play the spoiler against their rival that they've they've had a great series against. They want to beat Sean Payton again, keep them out of the playoffs. Coaching staff in Atlanta is safe. I'm not worried about resume updating for them. You know, it's his first year. He's going to be back, obviously. I think anything above three, you're getting value. Four and a half, I thought was probably as high as it was going to go. So I jumped on the Falcons at four and a half um, because if anything, I think it might come down a little. Maestro, of all the teams that need help, the Saints are probably in the best position. Because their scenario is very, very simple. They need a win, plus they need the 49ers to lose. And the 49ers are playing in L.A. against the Rams team that also wants to win. So the Saints are sitting in a pretty good spot here. Yeah, their their offense is so limited. The one thing is the Falcons have been terrible at home. I believe the Lions game was the first game they won at Mercedes-Benz, and they did not even cover that one. Um, And I think Kyle Pitts was the reason they were able to stay reasonably close to Buffalo. I think if he's not in, um, I would lean Saints. Okay, very, very good. All right, let's move on to our next game, and that is the Jets and the Bills. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there are 13 games not counting the Packers, that directly affect the playoff race this week. So be very, very careful. This is one of those games. RJ, your Bills are laying 17 at home. The total is 43.5 against the Jets team that I could not believe I read this, that the coaches screwed Zach and called the wrong play or they would have beaten the Buccaneers because they would have got the first down on the end around. Instead, they called a quarterback sneak with two yards to go. Now, I know the Jets are horrible, but they've scored into the 23 straight weeks. Any chance here? Yeah, a little more complicated than that. They have they have a you know a check for him on fourth and one where he can decide what to do. Um, it was fourth and two, and they just didn't communicate it correctly. So it wasn't like they were like run this run the sneak. You know, it was it was more like they didn't have the checks right in this, and it was just yep. a little bit too much to put on his plate. So um, mental mistake there. Hopefully they can get that corrected moving forward. The Jets have shown some fight the last few weeks, even with depleted offensive weapons. I didn't expect to see 
them competing in these games with Elijah Moore out. Um, we saw Michael Carter leave in the second, early in, in this uh, last game, and they were still able to compete in the game. They had Miami tied in the fourth quarter, beat Jacksonville, nearly beat Tampa. And so Robert Sala may have the team moving in the right direction, even if Zach Wilson doesn't look great. Buffalo, of course, needs this game. Allen looked pretty bad in the passing attack last week. If, if the Bills offense is playing at its peak capacity, they should roll, um, but you never know what Bills team you're getting. Um, so if they find something in the run game last week, if they can come out and they run the ball here, um, maybe they lean on that, and this this number stays a little lower than people think, and the Bills win by 10 or 12 instead of 17. So I I would lean to the Jets, but I don't love it because you don't know which of these teams are showing up kind of, I think, in any given week. No doubt. No doubt. Maestro, here are the playoff scenarios for RJ's Buffalo Bills. They clinch the AFC East with a win or a Patriots loss or the Bills tie and the Patriots also tie. They're also a an organization that has the personality that they want to go out and put their best foot forward. They've been so up and down. I could see a scenario where the Bills want to play their best game so they don't take a step back heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that Josh Allen needs to come back and redeem himself after all those picks. I mean, look at some of the games they've won this year. 35 nothing over the Dolphins, 40 to nothing over the Texans, 45-17 over the Jets, 31-6 over the Saints. Uh, they've shown the ability uh, to post big blowouts when it's a mismatch like it is. So for me, it would be Bills or Pass. Mikey. Yeah, same thing. Bills are pass. Um, it's very, very similar to the Colts and Jags game. Uh, the, the number is shaded by one and a half to two and a half points, uh, pretty much based on every model, every simulation you could possibly run. Um, it, it's shaded that way because they got to win the game, just like the Colts have to win the game. Um, if you can stomach it, you, you bet the Jets, you bet the Jags. But for me, there, there's no real urge to go do that. I Obviously, I have a couple plays. I get my money down in DFS and other ways. So for me personally, that's just not a situation that I look to take advantage of. Uh, but if you were to blindly follow models, follow the edges of models, you should probably play the Jets at the 17. Now, I do have a chat question for you because I think this would be a game where this might work. Christian in the chat says, Mikey, do you think there's value in playing teasers that are seven points rather than six and a half, the odds are minus 130 for two games against minus 120. This game, that would go up to plus 24 for the Jets and not plus 23. Yeah, not typically. Um, just based off the, the, the short answer is, is my philosophy on buying points most of the time. Uh, most of the time, the point that you're buying, the price that you're paying to buy it exceeds the change in probability of the game landing on that specific number where your loss turns into a win. Uh, so typically I avoid them. Um, if I were to do it, it would be a scenario where I would probably be going the other way and it wouldn't be on a game like this. It would be one that gets it closer down to basically winning on the money line than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so at this one, uh, I don't think there's a drastic difference between 23 and 24 uh, in the NFL in this particular game. So All I right, personally would not do it. Awesome. Thank you very much. And Christian, thank you for that question. We appreciate all of the action in the chat today. You guys are the best community in all sports betting, and it's not close. I love to say that. All right, next game. And this one means a whole heck of a lot. Maestro, I'm coming to you. 49ers and the Rams. Currently, the line is at four, the total at 44 and a half. Here are the scenarios, Maestro, for both teams. 49ers clinch a playoff berth 
with a win or a tie, or the Saints lose or tie. The Rams clinch the NFC West with a Rams win or a tie, or the Cardinals lose or tie. So both teams need this one. Yeah, this is going to be fun to watch a bit. It's all it all goes down to who's going to be at quarterback. Trey Lance showed some big time throws and an unbelievable arm. He just doesn't really have touch at this point. Everything is a hundred miles an hour, uh, but he's so explosive and he does attack down the field. Uh, I love watching him, but I, I think if he's there, uh, you got to lean towards the Rams. But I mean, Matthew Stafford has just kept both teams in the game uh, the last few weeks. I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of these mistakes uh, that he's making, they are surviving that, you know, they beat Minnesota, they beat the Ravens, despite all of those, you know, terrible pick sixes. So, um, you know, I'm going to lean the Rams if it's Lance, uh, but if it was Jimmy G, I'm, I'm curious. RJ, what do you think this line is going to do if it's Jimmy G? If it's Jimmy G, it might come down a little bit, um, you know, get closer to, to three and a half. Um, and that's just if we're hearing positive news, if it's more like he's questionable and then um, kind of maybe right side of questionable and then we get closer to the game and, and we wake up and we see the Adam Schefter report or the Ian Rappaport report, that he's going to give it a go. He thinks he can do it. Um, and there's some question about his health. It might not move too much. But if he starts practicing early in the week and it looks like he's upgraded to like full on Friday and he's good to go, then I think it comes down. And people think that we're going to get a, a pretty competitive game here with, with a good quarterback. So um, if that's the case, then then my play of Rams minus four doesn't look great. But it just seems like since Jimmy didn't play this week, I think that's an unlikely scenario to happen. Mikey, to RJ's point, the Rams are laying for the 49ers strength of their team right now is the defense. They're aggressive, they're hitting, they're stopping guys, and they're getting four points. What do you make of this spread and the fact that the 49ers under that defense coordinator have been terrific? Yeah, no, I think the numbers are appropriate right now, much like they talked about. It really comes down to quarterback play. If Jimmy Garoppolo is truly healthy enough to play and we get that news, I would fully expect this one to close at three. Um, I think it's basically hedge kind of right there where it is with Lance. He's looked great. He's obviously has the ability to run, but we still have such a small sample size with them, especially in a game of this magnitude against a team that, you know, at least on paper defensively should be a pretty good team should be able to speed him up just enough to maybe make some mistakes. I think that that's kind of what's priced in here on, on this lean towards the Ram side. So as far as the game here, the, um, I would have to lean towards the Rams just because I think that Lance could be put in some very difficult spots. Um, like I said, they, they have on paper, they have the pass rush that could definitely speed him up. I know the general thought process is that he can counteract that with his ability to move, uh, which is mostly true, but in these spots, the ability to move, it can also hurt you into rushing into some of the decisions. Um, so I lean towards the Rams at this point. I haven't locked it in. I would still like the Rams if it gets down to three, but I'm personally waiting uh, because I do think if Jimmy is able to play that this one does close closer to that three number. I also think if Matthew Stafford can stop throwing pick sixes inside of his own 10, that that might help the Rams a little bit, not get off to an awful start at home next week like you did in Baltimore. All right, this next game, I like it a lot. And right now somewhere Bill Belichick, M squared, is saying, oh, it was only one year that I had to sit on the sidelines. And I'm talking about the New England Patriots putting up a 50 spot last week against Jacksonville. They're favored by seven this week. Miami, devastating loss for them, knocking them out of anything. Total 40, 
This is also a 425 Eastern start. Talk to me. Yeah, this one is interesting. Uh, you know, they they have a shot. They have a shot at the number one seed, <laughs> in mm-hmm. theory. Uh, they they need the Chiefs, they need the Titans, and they need the Bengals to all lose these games. Uh, I think those are obviously very unlikely scenarios. Obviously, the first one has to happen on Saturday. So we'll get to watch some of those reports. But if you had to lock it in today, like I think that they'll ultimately get the win here. But it's not one that I could get to just because of the circumstances. Um, you know, I, I suppose that they're going to try hard to win just because they don't want to fall all the way to the seven seed, really, if they lose this game. Because they, in theory, could fall to the seven seed if they lose. Um, I, I think they win. I think it's an okay teaser candidate. Again, brings it to one, breaks all the rules, basically, with the road team in the spot. Uh, but uh, one specific spot we're okay to do it this week. Um, just don't make a habit of it especially if it wins. Uh, that's really what I want to caution on is I think a lot of these spots will ultimately win this week. Uh, it's just really bad long-term practice to do it. So maybe as a show, cause we're going to be here for the next forever. So maybe as a show, we say last week rules a little bit different. The first yeah. 17 weeks, pay attention to the rules starting next year. RJ. Now, even if the chiefs win on Saturday, all is not lost as far as the division is concerned for the new England Patriots. If they win and your bills lose, they would get that division title and the all important home game that puts a little bit of pressure on your bills. Yeah. And, and the motivation is going to be there for the Patriots, regardless of what happens with the chiefs. If the chiefs win and lock them out of the number one seed, they still want to try to win this division. A magical run from Miami ended in brutal fashion last week getting blown out by Tennessee, like you mentioned, but for them beating new England is huge in any context. So I don't think because they're eliminated from the playoffs, they just go home. Um, and a winning season is on the line. They could finish with a winning record. I expect full effort from Miami. Um, I mean, they got Brian Flores, a coach trying to play spoiler against his old team. You know, he's going to take this seriously. Um, mm-hmm. So I think new England obviously can blow up bad teams and also struggle versus good defenses. Um, which one is the Dolphins? Dolphins sometimes look like a bad team, sometimes look like a great defense. Um, I think New England probably ultimately wins this game, but it's more competitive than people expect, lower scoring game, and the, the Dolphins are probably able to cover. So at seven, I would lean to the Dolphins. Maestro, the Dolphins are the only team this year that had a seven-game losing streak, and then they were one, and then a seven-game winning streak. So I think to RJ's point, they're not going to quit. Whether they play good or not is a different story, but they're not going to quit. Yeah, they had me sweating my under nine and a half ticket uh, until Sunday. But <laughs> I think if this was under a touchdown, I was definitely leaning Patriots because you look at the way they run the ball and you look at the weakness of the Dolphins. They have those great cornerbacks. They have a very good pass defense. Their rush defense, the Titans, without Derrick Henry, five yards a carry. Both guys went off, Foreman and Hilliard in that game. So I think the Patriots will have a lot of success running ball. I think they also have an advantage in that they lost to the Dolphins in a game they gave away uh, to start the season. Uh, But all the way at a touchdown, I I can't play it. Did you guys notice a little call out of the goat in the chat? Did you guys see that? RJ, our girl, Kelsey, she wants a showdown with you. I don't know what game it's on. Kelsey, which game game are we talking about? about Yeah. Which game are we talking about? Pats. I'm, fasc- I'm fascinating. Uh, Pats win by at least two scores. So, so Kelsey, you're willing to give RJ 14 points in a showdown? <laughs> you can't make her do that. <laughs> that would just be handing him money. That would just be handing him money or not. I don't know. I don't but know. Let's do it I, at seven. Well, I mean, I, RJ, RJ has uh, to RJ, it's up to you. Do you want to do yeah, a showdown with it, Kelsey? 
it's a lean to me. It's not a best bet. Um, I'll think about it, but but I, probably not. Um, I'm just kind of trying to give you my lean on every game, but it's not. If it was okay. strong enough to play it, I'd have played it. You know. Oh, Kelsey just agreed to give you ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll take ten if she wants to give me ten. Ah! <laughs> oh, baby. All right, here we go. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Kelsey will DM you the amount because we have one amount for every showdown bet. All right. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. You can handle it. And you're going to go ahead up. You're giving you're giving RJ 10 and the Dolphins. That takes a lot of guts. I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. That's why Kelsey is who she is. All right. The official showdown has been made. 10 is the number. Patriots for Kelsey. And Dolphins for the GOAT, R.J. White. I I just got a jolt of energy. That is awesome. All right, now, let's move on. we got three games left to get to. That was so great. Seahawks and the Cardinals. Cardinals laying six and a half at home. The total here is 48. And when you look at the Cardinals, R.J., it's very simple. They clinched the NFC West title with a win and a Rams loss. They've got to be licking their wounds just a little bit. That lull for three or four weeks could potentially cost him that number one seed in home field throughout. Yeah. It's unfortunate for them, especially losing to, to Detroit in that game. This could have been a, a team rolling with the number one seed heading into this week. Uh, Seattle rolled in the last home game, um, you know, last week doesn't erase the last four months though. Um, even if they are better than their record shows, um, you know, they still had plenty of problems this year. I think it's a clear come down spot for Seattle. If Russ thinks he's leaving and he kind of inserted himself into the conversation of this could be, that could be his last home game last week, kind of unexpectedly. Um, so if Russ leaves, if Pete Carroll, this is his last game. I mean, maybe Seattle gets emotional there, but it's kind of like that Steelers game where, where I could see a come down spot on the road here. Uh, the Seattle offense has unlocked the rush attack, but Arizona's defended the run well in recent weeks. Uh, Seattle does defend the run well as, uh, as well, but the Arizona offense can beat you with the pass. So I expect them to score. Um, it's likely a stay away from me, but at six and a half, I'd probably lean to the Cardinal side. You know, Maestro, a lot of the storylines the last couple of weeks have been on Big Ben ending his career in Pittsburgh. There's a very real possibility. This could be the last game for Russell Wilson in Seattle. They're going to be motivated. They scored over 50 last week. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, with RJ and that I'm staying away for me it'd be Cardinals or nothing. I think the Cardinals had a stretch of weeks where they were a little bit unfortunate and then it turned around against the Cowboys uh played more to their level, but I'm going to stay away. Mikey yeah, I mean, I got it in the teaser. Um, I, I like these guys are saying here. I do think they win the game. Uh, they obviously want to win the game. They want to win the division. It's beautiful that it's at the same time as the Rams game, so they can't score word watch too much of an extent. Also, I think the Rams 49ers game will be relatively competitive all the way throughout, too. So um, the only thing that could happen here is if the Rams are blowing out the 49ers, they could take their foot off the pedal uh, late in the mm. fourth quarter um, just, just because. Uh, that's a reason why I don't necessarily like them to cover the six and a half. I like them minus one or minus a half. If you're finding six and a halfs out there in the market, uh, I think it's a pretty strong teaser leg on their home field. So that's the way I'm electing to play this game. Uh, ultimately I think they get the win and I actually like a little bit of what I've seen with Arizona, obviously bet on them last week, like I said, but I think he's got some chemistry with some of these other wide receivers, especially Antoine Wesley. Uh, he's been an all, he's a real threat in the red zone as well. So give me the Cardinals to win on their home field here. Agree it's a letdown spot for the Seahawks, but I'm not laying the six and a half just because uh, I I do like the Rams a little bit. I think they could be up early. I do think that if it's very clear the Rams are going to win the game, they will absolutely be scoreboard watching because they're in their home environment 
where they can easily do so, um, they could pull the starters in this one in the fourth quarter. Maestro. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought gonna, you were raising your hand. I thought no, you were raising no, no. your hand. No. <laughs> you, your hand was like. <laughs> I was I was looking up something, but I, I think I was like, I said my piece on that. <laughs> all good. All right. We got two games left. The last one at 425 on Sunday. Again, it's fascinating, Maestro. It's Panthers. They've We've talked about it. They pretty much quit. Bucks laying eight, total 41 and a half. All the stories this week have been about the fact that Antonio Brown is still a buck as of us doing this show. A lot of reasons why. But do you think that's going to be a distraction at all? Because they still have something to play for. Yeah, I don't. Just because the Panthers have been so bad, they have not covered during their six-game losing streak, and they have not been close uh, in many of them. Uh, They were close against the Saints, but didn't get it done. Even then, against such a limited offense, it's bucks or nothing for me. Mikey. Yeah, I like the Bucs. Uh, very similar story to uh, Arizona. I think it's a strong teaser leg where you're getting it at eight, getting it down to minus two. Um, obviously, can, some concerns is how aggressive are they once the game is in hand, but ultimately it's a spot that they want to win. Uh, we love Tom Brady when he plays at home. He's been very vocal about it, and we've seen it from a lot of his results, especially as he gets a little older here. He wants to play at home in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that's what he gets to do if they get this two seed. So I do believe that that's what's going to happen here. They're going to win. They're going to play enough to make sure that they come away with a win in this game. Uh, if you made me make a full against the spread play, I would lay the minus eight with the Bucks. But I think it's a really strong teaser candidate on a very interesting week to tease games in the NFL. And Mikey, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of teaser candidates that you guys have laid out so perfectly. RJ, when you look at the Bucks, and last week is a perfect example of what I what I want to lay out here is – they had struggled the week or two before. And so we said, oh, whenever this happens, Tom Brady figures out a way and they go in and they lay uh, the smackdown. Well, they don't have the weapons right now to lay the smackdown. And they barely walked out of the Meadowlands with their entire team. In fact, they didn't because AB was hanging out for a Brooklyn Nets game. So is there still concern for you at how the Bucks are playing despite not even not even mentioning what the Panthers are doing? Well, technically, they walked out with their entire team because the minute he left the stadium, he wasn't on the team anymore. So it's not, not you know, I mean, technically, I guess he's still on the roster, but he's not he's, yeah. he's not on the team. Um, we talked about how, yeah, the number two seed is a big deal. Um, I'm not too worried about Brady uh, not having the weapons. It's Brady. It doesn't, you know, he, in his career, he's been limited with weapons. We've seen a lot of the time where he's had, you know, one slot receiver and good luck on, on the rest of this, this outside target. So um, I think he'll get it done with whoever he has. There's still an outside shot. He breaks the passing record. I think he needs close to 500 passing yards. And I doubt that they'll be going for that unless he has a massive first half. But, um, and, and with the weapons, you know, it's probably not likely. But uh, Arian sounds like he's playing all his starters. Um, I expect Bucks to go for this game. So the, the line drop off the look ahead didn't make sense to me. Carolina's offense is an absolute mess. Under 100 net yards, both passing and rushing last week. Um, so they just don't do, haven't done anything well um, over the stretch where they lost a bunch of games. It feels much more likely to me this game is 31-10 instead of a competitive game. So I, I love laying the eight with the Bucks here. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way too. By the way, we are going to be looking up all of the incentives because there's a ton of incentives for players this weekend. And we'll talk about them on the prop show on Friday. Then, of course, we've got just a, a four or five live shows on Sunday. But the incentives do matter for certain players in the prop market that we will get to. All right, the final game. M squared, I'm starting with you. And the NFL always gets it right. They always flex a game to Sunday night that matters, or they try to, that matters to both teams. And this is exactly that. The Chargers laying two and a half. 
at the Raiders. The total is 49. Mikey, the Chargers last week, from week to week, they're great one week, and then they just lay an absolute egg. Is this going to be a game where they have to go on the road to Vegas? We know that the home crowd is really, really good, and the Raiders have won the last three since getting blown out by Kansas City. Yeah, this one is tough. I, I will start by saying I cannot wait to watch this game. Uh, I like the Chargers side. Uh, I, I think that the weapons that they have, they're just the, the better team. I know that Darren Waller is potentially going to return for the Raiders. I'm not su- – I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say it hurts them having him out there. That That's just ridiculous. He's a great player. Uh, but I am worried about the timing and the chemistry and just injecting him back in there the way that he did kind of force targets there at some point. So – I, I like the Chargers. They have two minutes. Uh, it's do or die for them in this spot. It's very clear what they have to do. And ultimately, I still think they're the better team, better coaching staff, uh, better weapons. And two and a half, um, I, I like this number. I get why models and other sides would like the Raiders. Um, but I, I like the Chargers here. And I might be playing them on some alternate lines, like minus six, minus six and a half stuff. Try to get plus 140-ish range on this game. Uh, I love it. I think that this could turn into a touchdown victory for the Chargers. Yeah, we did that on the Jewelers Gym uh, last night or the night before. Got it at the 380, and, they, and the Steelers covered with that late late touchdown by Najee Harris, which was nice, uh, but doesn't happen very often. RJ, the Raiders, I know it's easy to write them off, but the last three wins, they have not been pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but they are Ws. Give me a scenario the Raiders beat the Chargers. Well, their defense is playing well. And, um, you know, you can't, can't write. I know we overlook defense a lot of the time for offense, and the offense hasn't been great. Uh, but they still have a reliable weapon in Renfro. We think Waller's going to be back. Um, I think that's big because the Chargers' defense is awful against defending tight ends. I think they're the worst team in the league now in defending tight ends uh, for a stretch. I believe the Eagles were the worst. Um, but now, overall, it's the Chargers. Um, I think this game can go either way. Uh, so that's why I like taking the points. Chargers clearly are the better team. Their defense has been suspect in the second half of the year while that, that Vegas defense is playing well. And Chargers in a must win. A national game, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, I, I'm not trusting them in that spot. That the franchise, for whatever reason, just cannot get it done in these type of spots. Um, and we've seen them fall apart before. So um, also if you want to if you want to try to look in your book and see if you can parlay a Jaguars outright win at plus whatever with this does this game end in a tie at plus a million and then just have like this amazing parlay. That'd be something fun to root for and uh, see a bunch of kneel downs on on uh, on Sunday night football. Kind of stick it to Roger Goodell. You know the Raiders kind of want to stick it to Roger Goodell with how their season has went, with how the COVID list has been affecting them and the changing the protocols. So that would be a great way to do it is to have this game full of kneel downs after getting flexed into the primetime window. For those of you who don't know, and I'm coming to you, Maestro, to end things, but for those of you who don't know what RJ is talking about, if the Colts lose to the Jags, then both the Raiders and the Chargers would get into the playoffs if they tie. So the only thing I could think of is the Raiders would, in all likelihood, line up to play against the Chiefs, and they don't want to do that. But you could see a scenario that both coaches could say, you know what, I don't care, I just want to get in, then I'll worry about it afterwards, Maestro. I don't think it's going to happen because I think the Colts will win, but it could. It could. That would be absolutely something. You know, this is my only official play of the week so far, and I really love it. Gus Bradley does not change his tendencies. He's a good defensive coordinator, but he's not known for playing different defense. He's going to play that cover three, and Justin Herbert loves facing cover three. He had three TDs, no picks, a rating of 108 in the first meeting. He's played well against the Raiders since week nine. 
number one offense in yards per play, number one offense in pass efficiency. Since that same stretch, the Raiders bottom three in defending the pass. Uh, I think the Raiders will score. I think if Wilder comes back, they will have some success. I'm thinking like 34-24, 31-24, something like that. But the Chargers get the cover. And that would cash the over, which is 49. By the way, if the Colts somehow lose, would you buy off the Chargers? Whew. Um, I mean, both of them have the motivation, is what you're saying, uh, to well, get the tie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I can't imagine the Colts losing, but I would, yes, I would feel a little less confident, but I just cannot imagine in this day and age, a team will want to go into the playoffs, you know, taking yes. kneel downs or running the ball into the line on a national spotlight game. I just can't see it. I think they would take a lot of criticism. I think the coaches would take a lot of criticism for not respecting the game, so to speak. Cause let's keep in mind if they tie and they both get in, that means somebody else does not. So that is, team whoever it is would then be like what the hell come on we played 18 games yeah but you remember last year everybody criticized the eagles for quote unquote not respecting the game yes. i believe that's why washington won the division well it paid off for the eagles this year they got a better draft pick they made the playoffs so you know yeah. respecting the game this is the rules the, the nfl set up but i hope it doesn't come up come back to that yeah and, yeah, and we'll i don't know by then to be clear, I don't think there actually is any chance of any a kneel down game. I just think it'd be funny if it happened. Uh, the other thing to take into account with the Chargers coach, I know you and I are on opposite sides of, of that Chiefs game. Uh, them going for it a bunch instead of kicking field goals, you want them to kick field goals. I yeah. thought they were making the right moves, um, but whatever it was, and the in the, the the backlash that he took really scared him into kicking field goals the last few weeks because they're just doing it in these <laughs> dumb situations, and he's the field goal king now. So this that kind of shapes up for me here, where they attempt six field goals in this game and they they make two, and, and then they lose. The the game by like one because of these dumb decisions and then it's like you never you can never win with, with your brandon staley you're always picking the wrong thing to do so uh, i just can see like all the narratives coming out of that game um because then now now his pension for kicking field goals in, in bad spots oh and i know believe me i love it because i'm i'm always coming from the fans perspective and then when you completely lay out the odds and the percentages and why it makes sense and then mikey does it too i know that it's mathematically the right thing to do but I also as a former athlete know that you feel the feel the game and the flow of the game and you know how it's going to go and when you have a real battle three points matter six points matter and if it's a wide open game maybe not so much that's that's the only angle I was coming from but I completely respect and understand that you and Mikey have a way more up here than I do and I get that uh, all right let's put up the recap screen for our best bets so far and remember be very very careful on what you play this week. And as Mikey said, there's a lot of teaser candidates out there, but make sure you know who has motivation at the time they kick off. Mikey, quickly, your best bet. Best bet's going to be the Bucks and the Cardinals in a teaser. Tease the Bucks down to minus two, Arizona Cardinals down to minus one. Both of these teams have a lot to play for. Both could potentially take the foot off the gas late, depending on scoreboard watching. Bucks want the two seed. It's very important for Tom Brady to play at home at this point in his career. Uh, he would definitely tell you as much. And then on the other side, the Cardinals, uh, I think it's a letdown spot for the Seahawks. And I think they ultimately get the win on their home field and leave it up to what the 49ers and Rams can do to decide the division. Very good. Maestro. Yeah, I'm mainly looking forward to the showdown between Kelsey and RJ, and I wish she would have thrown out nine because he would have taken nine. This game is probably <laughs> probably going to end on 10. No money's going to be exchanged, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
I will tell you, as she starts to build her resume and the legend that it's Kelsey, RJ, I got to be honest, if she can knock off a legend like you, that will go a lot for her credibility. Yeah, I mean, I'm just playing the market there. Market's at seven. I think even some 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 places have it six and a half. So if you're going to give me 10, I have to take the 10. I'm, I just can't say it. no to that. Um, right, what are your best so, yeah. Bucks minus eight. Uh, you know, I think they're going to play hard in this game. Uh, we talked about the reasoning why. Um, it was 16 and a half on the look ahead. I think that number is closer to right than eight. So I love taking the Bucks there. Falcons, I think, will compete um, even with nothing on the line um, against a rival they know well. And Saints offense doesn't look great. So I think Falcons keep that one to a three-point game. And then Rams minus four, just that San Francisco quarterback situation is suspect. If you want to wait, and, and I can understand um, wanting more clarity there if you don't want to play it at minus four, I just didn't think it was going to get any lower than that. So that's why I jumped on it there. Very good. All right, take a quick look, take a snapshot, take a screen grab, whatever you got to do. Those are our best bets on Tuesday. But remember, follow all of my guys on social media. Things are always changing. Numbers are always changing. Players being in and players being out are always changing. Don't forget that our schedule is changing. There is no Thursday night game this week, so there will not be an early edge live. We will still have a prop special on Friday and probably do Twitter spaces on Saturday and Sunday to get ready for those. But of course, follow us at Sportsline and we'll have all the details and schedule everything for you there so you won't miss a second. But the best way to do it, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Turn on your notifications. That way, every time we drop something into your feed, you get notified and you don't miss a second. It pays to watch all right there's only one thing left to do and you all know what that is oh kelsey i really hope you win this week you've got your marching orders let's take all of these tickets especially the patriots minus 11 or minus 10 straight to the pay window i love this show thank you all for joining us for all 18 weeks this year we're just getting started we'll be back next fall Every single week, just like we do with the same great handicappers and my crew that we have right now. Tell all your friends there's only one sports betting brand you even need to worry about. We like to call it the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.